stupid spoiler. Please be advised. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Hello, everybody. Welcome to uh, Spoiler Up 37. Fantastic. Spectre. Mm-hmm. All the stuff we didn't talk about with John Matter, we want to uh, discuss now. Yes, we had to get into it. Um, as we always say, this we're going to talk about the James Bond movie Spectre, and we're going to go front to back, top to bottom, side to side. And we usually start at the back. Yeah, <laughs> we, we, we usually, usually start, start at the end. end, end, end. Mm-hmm. So we're going to... Reveal everything, so if you haven't watched this movie or don't want things spoiled for you, don't listen to this. Right. Um, all right. The ending. He rides away in the old James Bond car with his lady. Yes, it was the equivalent of riding off into the sunset on a on a horse, the cowboy leaving town and leaving that life behind him. Yeah, really, it felt like he's done being James Bond. Yes. Uh, it also felt like it was the sunset of that collaboration, that creative direction of the film, of the, of the last uh, four films with Sam Mendes and um, Daniel Craig. Um, here's the thing. I didn't think it was necessary because you've got a franchise like James Bond. I don't even think you necessarily need to button it up like that. Like you don't need to tell everyone this, this is it. This is the last one we're doing together. Um, because the, the character of James Bond, in fact, they even referenced it a couple scenes before the end saying, this is who you are. This is what you do. You'll never give this up. And I can't ask you to, I'm like, Oh no, he gave it up. <laughs> no, he gave it up. He's, he changed his mind. I'm like, mm, I don't see it. Now, there is some um, ripe storytelling there, and it's all been seen before, of course, but you have everyone think from The Godfather to um, you have to any Bruce Willis movie where you have someone's retired. They Then all of a sudden his past catches up with him and then they, uh, they gets back into the game no matter how old he is or, or whatever. So I, I don't know. I don't see that storyline for James Bond. It just makes no sense to me. I see it more of James Bond as the type of um, character storyline and just um, uh, filmmaking where you just switch actors and creative teams and you kind of reboot it, you start over and you just, but you always have that specific time uh, in James Bond's life. You don't see him as a kid. You don't see him as an old man. You see him at the peak of his game as a um, great secret agent and you never stray back and forth ever Ever. from that. (laughs) mid-30s. Yeah, 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 exactly. Great shape. (laughs) Yep. From that, um, um, that time frame. So, it was interesting to see like some other time frames hinted at, but I don't know if anyone ever wants to see anything other than James Bond being James Bond. I so, would. Yeah. But maybe it's just because I've been watching this franchise since I was a child. Right. Uh, I would like to see that. I am, I am a little bored with, mm-hmm. I mean, look, this movie had great, you know, the fight on the train, but I was like, yes. oh, wow. A train fight. Haven't seen right. that in a while. Yeah. Like those jaws, you know. Right. <laughs> um, every crazy car. Right. Smash him up. 
flying through the air, the upside down helicopter, the helicopter that doesn't have, that has its own physics. Right. That doesn't need the physics of this earth. And you wonder too, why are you beating on the pilot so much? Why don't you just tell him to land where you want him to land? Yeah, yeah. Because he tells you, you have a gun to his head. I don't think, you know. It's what is like, going to be a fight? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm like, and he's already flying. It's less work. Just have him yeah. land the helicopter. It's funny because I feel like what Matt Damon did with the like the born I'm more interested in a born movie and some of these Daniel Craig movies I remember I was talking about that it just feels more like a born film than a James Bond film which is a good thing because I, I just I you know a lot of people are like oh this movie I don't like Spectre or whatever I was bored I had fine I had a fine time I was a fine mm-hmm. day at the movies I saw it at the, the the IMAX at the Chinese theater so it looked cool you know what's interesting this is one of those movies where I could see why people liked it but i can also see why people hate exactly it. I, I, i'm like i see okay people are gonna hate that I'm like that was pretty cool it was like this weird mix of like that was cool that was dumb <laughs> i just don't know what else can this franchise do at least for us right now i understand they're gonna get a whole new they're trying to get a whole new set of of young moviegoers every time they reboot this mm-hmm. thing and that's what they're gonna do when they get whomever idris elba or whatever they're gonna get and but like you said before it's like how far from the formula are the producers gonna let filmmakers and talent stray they're never going to i just feel like it's they're like run this very specific type of amusement park yeah, <laughs> yeah. And you're going to come in and say, well, let's sell organic food. And they're going to go, yeah. okay, an organic funnel cake. Yeah, you're never going to see a Dumbo ride at a Universal Park. Yeah, it's just, it's just never, <laughs> they're never going to stray too much from what yeah. they do. And this uh-huh. movie, you know, had a $250, $300 million budget. Mostly in travel. It, mostly in travel <laughs> and suits. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, the, I'll say this about this movie too. That I did notice, because the last one, Skyfall, was a goddamn infomercial for everything. He's drinking a Heineken. Oh, a lot of product placement. This one only had the Omega Watch scene in the Mm -hmm. beginning, and then, of course, he's driving a Maserati or whatever. Alfa Romeo. Yeah, whatever. Mm -hmm. And so, that was I liked that, that it wasn't just him, like... We gotta fight the bad guys in a Best Buy, where everything's on sale. Yeah. (laughs) So... You know, I like that, but the end, you know, and also that girl was so young. It was sort of like yeah, riding like, off in the sunset with his niece. I know. It, it really, <laughs> there was a couple things where I don't, it felt so shoehorned in, like, we don't need that. I, know. I don't think we need that. And, and uh, you know what? It'd be great to see Bond with someone age appropriate. Well, and, it was in the beginning with Monica yeah, Bellucci. Or exactly. Whatever. And the other thing about Daniel Craig, though, is he's had a fifty-year-old man's face for thirty years. <laughs> I mean, he's really even when he was young. When you go back to Road to Perdition, right? I'm like, oh, he's a young guy. He still looks kind of old there, yeah. even though he's a very young man. Um, so, so that doesn't help him when he's with a beautiful porcelain-skinned scientist who can fire a weapon, right? That's. Uh, um, maybe a third of his age. Yeah. You can't even say half at, at some point. So, um, I mean, she was in Bro- Ghost Protocol. She was in Inglorious Bastard. She was in Grand Budapest Hotel. Uh, I think she's a fine actress. I don't know. I guess maybe the franchise just isn't for me anymore. Like, maybe I'm just like, you know, 
I used to uh, like rides that spun you around, and now I just get motion sickness well, and I don't, I don't have fun. I don't know if that's uh, maybe that could be, but I really like like uh, remember when Casino Royale came out? Like it literally, this was the franchise rebooted, and the interesting thing was with uh, Skyfall and some of the other films that they did um, with was it Javier Bardem mm-hmm. as the as the bad guy? He was he was really creepy and right. weird and different and interesting. Um, but I felt like, you know, with this movie, it was like a mix of we got to wrap it up and a mix of hitting um, these points so on the nose, the bond points. I'm like, I don't you know that it's it's not the, all the cool things that you guys did with the franchise. I feel like you're not doing in this last film. Right. Um, you're you're walking through the end, basically. And it, I just like I said uh, on the regular episode, it just felt like fatigue, like Sam Mendes and. And everyone just had this fatigue of making these films, which is a, and it always seems to happen. It happened with Tobey Maguire and, and Sam Raimi with the Spider-Man movies. It always goes one movie too far. Like if this creative team had done three, and we had already rebooted it with this one, I think it would have been a little more interesting. But it's always one too many. I'm like, okay, yeah, now we're definitely done. It's like Sopranos going an extra season. No, just stop. It's fine. Stop. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're right, because Casino Royale, I was like, oh, man, what a great reboot. Right, right. Um, so I think that can happen again. Uh, I really do, because there's a lot of talented filmmakers and talented actors out there that can pull off something different. Um, Idris Elba, of course, but you also, you know, Quentin Tarantino, I really think he could make a good James Bond movie. I really, I don't think he would Pulp Fiction it up too much, um, given the chance, but who knows? I could be completely, he might get one, and then it might be like... Uh, exactly like Pulp Fiction with right. gadgets. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> but I, I really, uh, I, I'll see the next one. I will. And I'm looking forward to what they kind of cook up as far as like a new direction. Uh, but this one, it, it definitely felt like a, there was some great scenes, some great fun in it, but it definitely, parts of it were definitely a letdown for me. Yeah, I mean, I left going, that was fun. Yeah, it's okay. And I just was like, I checked my watch a few times for sure. Yeah, and I, I, I was like, I mean, specifically, the, um, I mean, I say, I say this. I like, I like Christoph Waltz as a bad guy, and I know some. I'm pe- tired of seeing Christoph Waltz as a bad guy. But what else can he do? <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, uh, what's his name, the uh, uh, Shannon guy. Oh, Michael Shannon. Mike Shannon, yeah. How, how, how is he going to not play a creepy guy yeah, exactly. in, a, I mean, uh, in a movie? But I, but it's I, I think it was really poor casting for what... You hit the nail on the head, really. What else can he do? But, you know, we're now doing parodies of Bond villains. It's like we've seen the Christoph Waltz character in most Bond movies. I mean, we, we want to see something different now, like Javier Bardem or somebody like some, what was a terrorist, ecological terrorist, that one guy who made drink motor oil through the desert. Remember that right. one? <laughs> I, but uh, I like that scene, though, where Bond sneaks into the, the, the castle or whatever for the, the Spectre, you know, shareholder meeting. Oh, the, uh, yeah, the potluck. Yeah, the potluck. <laughs> And and Christoph Waltz is all in the shade, and they're right. all talking, and they're talking about you know that one woman the, the with the German another she's like well we've got one hundred and sixty thousand women all ready for sexual slavery, and it right. was just like awful with this what these evil organization is doing, and Christoph Waltz is like we have been waiting for you, James. Yeah. Like I, uh-huh. I, I I I I like that. Um, I did like that. Um, 
they connected all of the the three previous Daniel Craig Bond films, all of the villains. He goes back and meets the one villain who who was like, "I'm leaving Spectre," and they poisoned him. This guy, what was that guy's name? Um, that was in the uh, the Jesper Christensen who plays Mister White. Yeah, you see that now. That I thought would have been interesting if that had been the plan all along, but it really felt tacked on to me in this really? last film. Yeah, I felt like they, all right, well, let's just take a piece of each one and kind of create this connective tissue that wasn't there before. And I, I, to me, that kind of felt flat because it didn't really feel planned out. It felt like a slapped-on afterthought. So that didn't really resonate with me, although I liked the idea. Now, maybe the next team of filmmakers that come in and, and they can kind of set that up as like a trilogy, which would be kind of cool. Mm-hmm. But who knows? I mean, yeah, I, I, I guess I didn't have a problem just because... And part of it might just be because the the... The Bond films, they're fun, but I don't remember like the intricacies of the storylines no, or plot. Yeah, like oh, that's right, that was it. He was a bad guy, and oh yeah, they killed his lady. Gadgets take over the world. Sex. Yeah, exactly. That's what they all are. <laughs> so I think it's sort of like, you know, so I did like because so many Bond films in the past, not all, but many of them have been one-offs, basically, in terms of they're not that connected to anything else that has ever happened. The only thing that ever connects them are the supporting characters. You're going to see Money Penny, you're going to see M, you're going to see right. Q, and literally, that's it. And so, But they don't have their own stories, either. I, you know, I you liked, just see them as you know, And scenery. I like that Judy Gent, you know, she got blown up in Skyfall, she's dead, right. and then she uh, leaves Bond a video saying you got to check this out and don't trust anyone. Right. Um, which was great because I like Ralph Fiennes um, as, what was he, M? Yeah, he was the new M. He was the new M and how he initially is just like the typical bureaucrat that's like, congratulations, Bond, you blew up Mexico yes, City and it's uh, on every newspaper. Uh, my ulcer, the the mayor's going to be chewing Yeah, yeah, ass. yeah. He's that, it's that guy, just the British yeah. version of that guy. Your hot dog antics yeah. have got... You know, now get out of here. Get out of here. Turn in your badge. Like it was that scene, just the British version of that. But I like that Ralph Fiennes then went, oh shit. Uh, I do, I am leery of uh, this guy C. Right. Uh, who was played by Andrew Scott, who does a very fine job of being uh, a bad guy. Yes. And uh, he is great as Moriarty in the Sherlock. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, telemovies. Right, he's in he's in lock with Tom Hardy. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is, I, I really felt like that could have been a really more interesting one. Like, if he had been the head villain, like, instead of Christoph Waltz, like, something like, do something a little more interesting with him. Like, the way he plays Moriarty is a, a way you haven't seen before. It's, it's interesting and it's mm-hmm. creepy, and he's out of his mind right. completely. And you don't know if anytime he's going to fly out into a, a rage. Now, you've seen pieces of that, obviously, in other villains over the years, for sure, but he gives it such a style and an interesting take on it that I felt like, given free reign, what could he have done with this right. character? Like, I, I think sometimes the you know the artists need a little bit the leash the, the bond leash needs to let go a little bit more it started to and i felt like it pulled back in with this last film yeah you're right because we did get to see so many interesting things about bond leading up to this and right. all the daniel craig ones you know uh he's vengeful about a woman dying he's covered in blood and he's he's 
we we learned about his childhood. Yes, in, which in we've never Inspector, really which before. was really uh-huh. cool. The, his relationship with Judy Dench was far more than just like right. we just said, like right. Bond, not yeah. again. You know, yeah. like it was more like, yeah. oh wow, they right. had a really cool relationship. She re- she respected him. Mm-hmm. Um, she was almost like the police chief in the Shield. <laughs> who I forget that actress's name. Who sort of there was? I remember I, I loved that show, and she was talking about um, what's his name, the lead character in the Shield, uh, Michael Chiklis. Michael Chiklis, the commissioner. Yeah, the commish. She was always like, uh, <laughs> oh, you know, someone was like, "How can you let that guy?" And she's like, "I need him. He's a. I need his. He's a necessary evil mm. sometimes because the streets are awful." And I think that it was sort of Judy Dench was like. What world are you living in? To, right. She would say to everybody else, like, do you think, are, do you want to go do his job? Yeah, like, every, what, what's this saying? Every toolbox needs a hammer. Yeah. <laughs> and so she kind of understood that and also had some sympathy for him and did kind of that that whole, like, she was sort of a mother figure. Yes. So it stands to reason that in the beginning of this movie, when he sees the video from her, that's why he's doing this, which is- and, I and, believe that, for sure. And it was great. And I love the relationship with- um, uh, played by Naomi Harris is Money Penny, um, and she kind of has a thing for James. But now, for for one second, when she was in bed with her boyfriend, didn't you think, well, he's got to be a Spectre agent? Yeah, something, yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> There's got to be up. something's going to happen there. And then I, I, nothing. But they just said, no, this is her. She has a personal life. Right. <laughs> um, she's allowed to have a personal yeah. life. So uh, you know, I I, I like. Um, I like a lot of those aspects and, and was having was having fun with, with many of them. Mm-hmm. But um, I, 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 I did, I, I can see why, and again, it's funny, I, I did the same thing. I can see why you or others are like, ah, they shoehorned all this right. Spectre bullshit in there. And I was like, oh, cool. Mm-hmm. You know, because I was just excited that it was something connecting all of them. Right. There was something giving me more than just, like the Bourne movies, they're all very much each one is very much the next one is about the last one, mm-hmm. at least the three the Matt Damon ones, right? Um, and so this this was like okay, and and this is how it should be, because Bond is doing all these fantastic things, right? Um, that I wanted to know that it that like all of these bad guys couldn't just be lone wolf lunatics, right? And every two years, there's a guy that's going to blow up the world, and it's red wire, blue wire, and you yeah. know he's got to save it. There's a Hydra somewhere. There is a Hydra yeah. <laughs> that is overseeing all of this, and and you want to believe. Yeah, instead it's Spectre, and uh, although it's a similar logo. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So that that to me was what was the things that were intriguing to me, and and that I saw. I was excited in the when I first saw the trailer that they were bringing back Spectre, which is a great. Uh, evil organization. Um, well, I will say the one thing that really um, irritated me was that the death trap at the end had a literal safety net in it. Like, who puts a safety yeah. net in a death trap? Like, there was, oh no, he just fell into a net. Yeah, that, I know. <laughs> I'm like, stop, stop. Yeah. <laughs> Figure something else out. <laughs> yeah, that that whole... I uh, even bought him falling onto the couch at the beginning. I'm like, oh, that's kind of funny. You know, he fell into a couch. It's like a Roadrunner cartoon. But, right. uh, but I, that bothered me more that there was a safety net set up in the uh, the building that was they were about to blow up. Yeah, the couch <laughs> thing, I can see why that would bug some people. But the couch thing for me, yeah, I felt the same way. I was like, oh, this is how James Bond 
Right. He always just has some sort of very charming, pithy, safe, yeah. <laughs> you know, gets saved in some yeah. sort of like, uh, you know, funny way. Um, now, if it was a parody, you could see like two agents come and move the couch. Yeah, yeah. of course. <laughs> and there just happens to be uh, movers right. yeah. or something like that. Uh, but like the end where the, so the, the building is all wired and his girlfriend is in there yeah. or whatever. And Christoph Waltz, again, that felt like the specter thing, the big castle, how specter controls all this evil that felt like interesting to me. And then that ending just felt like, by the way, we got to have a James Bond ending. Like there's got to be a last minute heroics while the thing blows up. Right. Like, it's just like, no, no, you don't No. Uh. Uh-uh. Why do you have to do that? And then Christoph Waltz gets his, de- you know, the bad guy always gets some brutal death, you know, helicopter blades through his face or whatever. And James Bond gets the girl. I just felt like it's just so, uh, it's kind of like. It was too many buttons. Button up, button up the series and the, um, the film. Yeah. And then it feels like sort of like the Mission Impossible films. I'm just sort of, they, they seem sort of like they were for a bygone era. Do you, do you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. Jason Bourne, why I think those movies are good. He's not blowing up whole buildings and squares. What's and- interesting is they've made reference to that for the last 10 to 20 years for James Bond films. You're a relic, yeah. James. Even back to the Pierce Brosnan days, right. you know, this, this is not how we do things anymore. And this was what, in the 80s? Yeah. You know, <laughs> they were saying that, or uh, even 90s. So you you have like that, it's almost like a running gag at this point. You know, this is like, yeah, this is, is kind of a relic. So how do you reinvent it? And that that's the question. And they did reinvent it. I was excited, you know, I, and I enjoyed these last couple films. So let's see how someone else does it again. Now, um, my worry is that they're like, yeah, we're tired of trying new things. Why don't we just go back to basics? That's the worst thing you could do. But that is exactly what I fear they are going to do because it's not like these movies tanked. No, they they make money all over the world. All over the world. So they're just like, they definitely have a, if it ain't broke, don't fix it thing. Right. And just that's that. And that's what you're going to get from now on. I mean, technically, MGM's not even a production company anymore. I know. <laughs> like, I, I just, I'm not, I don't know. I can't see myself getting excited for the next one. Yeah, you know, I, I'm going to, I'm kind of neutral on it. I'm, I'm excited to see if they come up with, uh, a new take and you know, a new and fresh blood and new blood. But um, if it looks like another by the numbers kind of thing, well, I'm not going to be as excited. Like, I don't think Daniel Craig's going to, I'd be very surprised if you saw Daniel Craig with the next one. I think this was, he was done, 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 no matter how much money they offer him. Um, and I think that, I think Sam Mendes is done too. I think that happens to every actor. Yes. No, every actor is just always like, ah, I can't do this anymore. Cause it's the same. You're doing episodic TV. Pretty much, yeah. You know, You're doing four like, films. Yeah, just, Although, God, four films oh, of, scale, of scale of James Bond is probably more than four seasons of, of television. Yeah. Because it's a, it's, it's a year of production and then all the hype machine that has to go right. into it. I mean, like, it's, it's, I don't know. I mean, the... I just don't want to see Christoph Waltz again as a bad guy, as a Bond villain. I'm done. <laughs> I think... Like, as James Bond, the detective work of it, I'm always intrigued by. In the film where he's trying to figure out, he's following the clues from Judy Well, Dench. it's a spy movie. You want to see double crosses. You want to see all the, the twisted 
lines and all the stuff like the the conspiracies. That's why you go see any spy movie, really. You see everything from Bridge of Spies to Spies Like Us. (laughs) Spies Like Us. But no, you want to see the shadow corporations. You want to see governments that like... They're kind of good, but also right. bad. Who can you trust? Yeah. Like, uh, uh, although the twist that you don't see often enough, I think, is the guy you don't kind of trust, and he ends up being like the one guy. No, I was, I was the one guy not on the take. You mm-hmm. know, <laughs> that kind of uh, like you. And some movies set this up far better than others. Like, I love when a movie is meticulous, and not just a James Bond movie, any kind of spy movie. It's meticulous about you taking the journey with the protagonist where you don't know who to trust the same way he doesn't know how to who to right. trust like i don't know is the guy good you know and, and that to me is the most exciting way to set up these movies like a lot of times you see too oh we already see there's a scene with him like with christoph waltz we know he's the bad guy but the hero doesn't know yet well, like, well now i'm bored i already know and so, also too like we now because especially like post 9/11 world we're more privy to how things, how information is used. Yes. And you're seeing now, like, no one's getting assassinated. Their character's getting assassinated. You know what I mean? Like, they're, like if, if, if Kennedy or Martin or Dr. King were around today and they were threatening the status quo, they wouldn't be shot. They would have someone would, you know, put articles in the paper and they're not, you know what I mean? Like, it so would, it would be like a primary. Right, exactly. <laughs> it would just be like, what, what is happening in the primaries? Yeah. So, when you then are watching James Bond go out and blow everything up, I mean, this was this was done during the Soviet era, during the Cold War era. And now that's not how, like every time I read the news, I think of more current spy movies and, and some of them that sort of have fact in there. And so much as it is just like, when I see something in news, I'm like, wow, I wonder what really happened. Right, right. You know, who spun this? Who gave it to the media, gave, packaged up this story mm-hmm. this way? What is it really covering up? Where James Bond is just sort of like, the bad guys, blow them up. Right, and right. There's, 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 no, there's no subtlety or finesse. And so when there are those little moments in there where he's trying to le- legitimately solve the crime, mm-hmm. um, I get intrigued and then, oh, we're in another 15-minute car chase. Right, right. Like what, the thing, I thought it was a wasted opportunity with, with Monica Bellucci because- She's the. She could have been a far more interesting oh, and character, God. and uh, yeah, they could have had more scenes. She opened was, up the entire thing. It could have been great. She's the the widow of the bad guy he kills, you know, uh, in the helicopter in right. Mexico City in the opening scene. So of course, in, any Bond movie always opens on a big action scene, and then the credits, and then right. we get into what's going on. She's such an a, a, an interesting and dynamic actress. Yes, that. It could and gorgeous. Have, and gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. And still, you know, has that sway and she could have been, you know, like better utilized. Well, they they did they did stuff to me that's a little that's a little annoying. Is she introduces like, well, I didn't love my husband. Well, why? You must have known he was an assassin. Like, what do you know? And they're gonna and then she says they're gonna want me dead because I'm the wife of an assassin. Okay, why? Specifically, right. what? What do you have? What? What? And you know, you're a very wealthy woman. So, wouldn't it have been cool if she like had a getaway plan, or right. she some like some kind of secret or whatever? Something yeah, cool that she comes back and they she interacts or whatever. Like mm-hmm. that would have been 
interesting. Really yeah. interesting. Mm-hmm. Instead, he meets her, they sleep together, and he bails. Right, and then uh, turns her over to the consulate. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I got a friend of the hill, take care of you. Yeah, you're right. so- Oh, thanks. Oh, thanks, good. Yeah. Oh, the CIA's great. Uh, yeah, I, I, I didn't think of that. Thank you. U.S. Embassy's <laughs> got a really good witness protection program, turns out. Um, um, I will say, the worst part of the movie for me... Um, aside from the safety net, was I don't know what happened with that opening credit sequence. I thought it was absolutely awful. Like it, a weird song, weird it was one graphics. From the 80s. It, it was it like was, yeah, and, and it, it it felt like somebody called in a favor and got to do that credit sequence. <laughs> I really, I honestly, there were so many times in this movie I felt like I was watching a Roger Moore James Bond. Right, right, and it, it just it just didn't mesh at all. And it was, uh, I think, that one of the best ones i saw and the recent ones was the chris cornell one right. uh, when he did the theme song like uh but yeah i'm like what i'm like what am i watching this is the, uh, you hit the nail on the head it's this, this is an 80s opening it was i felt yeah. like it was oh these are the ones where oh, you just had to add a little more keyboard yeah that would have been it <laughs> these are the all the roger moore ones had these openings right with the silhouetted naked women da- drumming around and there's fire yeah. and guns and whatever yeah like else. he's in a strip uh club yeah mm-hmm. so I, I just was sort of like and again it sounds like I hated the movie. Right. <laughs> I had fun. Yeah. And then I went, okay. There's... But it, it could, it, we wanted more, for you wanted, sure. We definitely yeah. wanted more. Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed, it. I, I enjoyed it, and I also was annoyed by it. So I was really right in the middle with this, with this movie. Um, and it's definitely very polarizing. People are like, no, it was a really a lot of fun. A lot of people were like, this was crap. This was the one of the worst James Bond movies I've ever seen. So... Right. Um, and again, it's one of those movies. I can see both sides for that for, for sure, because it had elements of both in it. It's, um, and no movie wants to, um, straddle that line. They really don't. There's, (laughs) there's no movie that wants to have good stuff and bad stuff in it in equal measure. Um, so, uh, I am looking forward to the next one as well, but it's, it was kind of a swan song for this creative team and for Daniel Craig that didn't necessarily have to leave on a weird, a bunch of weird buttons. But, uh, I still had fun. I'd say for half the time at the movies for this. Yeah, I had mm. fun. I don't feel mm. like I wasted my money. No, I, they put up a good fancy show and I kind of just went. love the opening action sequence with day of the dead. I thought that yeah, was really cool. That was cool. That was mm. that. And, and, and the way they showed Mexico city at day yes. of the dead, how they shot that, the way they made the parade and the, all the costumes, everyone had, that was really cool. Oh my God. Any James Bond movie, you know, you're going to see a lot of extras. Yeah. Even if they're, um, digitally replicated, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're still, there's still a fair amount of people in that square. Even so, <laughs> even right. so, yeah, there's still a bunch of people that got hired for that day. It was really like, it makes you go, wow, I'd like to go to Day of the Dead. Yeah, it looks great. It looks, it looks, looks fun. City, see some Day of the Dead. Yeah. So I don't know. Any other specific scenes we want to talk about? I, I think we pretty much covered it in the uh, regular episode and this one. Those are the couple things I wanted to get off my chest because they irritated me. But <laughs> <laughs> but I am still hopeful for the next one, for Love sure. Love to hear what you guys have to say. Mm-hmm. Um. So, we are releasing this. It is now Friday, November 13th. And we have quite an announcement to make. Oh, my goodness. And it's thanks to a fan. Thanks to one of you guys. Yeah. um, His name is Eric Cullen. And he uh, decided to donate uh, $5,000 so we can go to Australia. (laughs) We got this email (laughs) yesterday. Uh, I emailed Steel Saunders immediately. He said, dude, is it still cool if we do this? Steel's like, yes. Um, so. And the greatest thing, he's not in Australia. He, he just, really 
was in Iowa. Or yeah, he shit. just wanted us to go. You're Eric, so you're, you're awesome. Man. You're an amazing man. <laughs> um, so um, it's a it's a go. It's a go. We're buying plane tickets as soon as we get off this episode. Yes. Uh, and the show will be in Melbourne. Show will be in Melbourne. Um, we arrive in Melbourne on December sixteenth. The show is midnight. So technically 12.01 a.m. on the 17th, uh, out, just outside of Melbourne. Um, so if you're in that area, if you, Steel Saunders, if you listen to Steel Wars, uh, I'm sure he's given specific info about that. It might already be sold out. I don't know. And then at a bar right next door, we're going to do a Steel Wars and the Comedy Film Nerds mashup. Yes. It'll be our episode 300. Yes. Our 300th episode, um, and it'll be a Star Wars spoiler ep. It sure will. And we'll be recording it, you know, a good... 20 some hours or 30 hours before anyone watches it here in the U S. So, um, that's really, really cool. The other piece of news, maybe we should have done the bad news first. Um, <laughs> I had to cancel because we got to finish earbuds got a little bit behind schedule. Um, and there's just some time sensitive deadlines with earbuds finishing. Uh, so the tour to through Cambodia and Vietnam is not happening. I very much apologize for that. Um, but I will be going to Beijing and Shanghai in December, Beijing December 3rd, and Kung Fu Comedy Club in Shanghai December 4 and 5. Uh, but so that, to be clear, that part hasn't been canceled. That part has not canceled. That is definitely happening. Plane ticket is in place. It's all, it's all good on that one. But uh, next week in Cambodia and, you know, Thanksgiving in Vietnam is not happening. So uh, my apologies for that. Um, so... And thank you guys. Uh, you guys have been been buying stuff and donating. We really uh, yeah. We- you guys have been really hitting the donation tiers. Um, even if there's, if you already have the stuff you want, you're still hitting the donation tiers. We really appreciate that because yeah, that helps keep us going. Like we said, twenty bucks once a year keeps us yeah. going. And there's more things we want to do. Yeah, and for sure, if um, you want to pick a country and send us five thousand yeah, dollars, we will we'll go to that country <laughs> and do a show, even if you don't live there. <laughs> You don't have to live there. Well, you want to pay us to fly and like yeah. just do a podcast in your like backyard yeah. and do that. Um, so uh, yeah, very 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 cool. You guys are so awesome. This is why I love podcasting. Yeah, it's so cool. Like, we like tra- you know, we were trying working on getting sponsors, and we we almost had one, but it just didn't work out. It, it and uh, we're like, you know what? Let's turn it over to the fans. And sure enough. Eric stepped up and said, you guys are going to Australia. You're an amazing man. Mm-hmm. So send us your T-shirt size, Eric. Oh, yeah. Yeah, send us your T-shirt size. We'll send you a shirt and some other really cool stuff. We're going to give you more than one shirt. You're yeah. going to get a bunch of stuff. Yeah. But for, <laughs> for five grand, you're going to get a couple of shirts. Um, yeah. so at least two. At le- <laughs> and maybe just the sleeves off a yeah. third um, that you can wear as kitten hands. Um so you guys, thank you so much, man. We're, you know, it's the time of year where there's a lot of fun movies. That's why we're going to try to do more spoiler reps and get more stuff for you guys. Uh, we got a bunch of new episodes coming up. Yep, there's a um, lot of um, a lot of cool stuff still in the store, and we're putting more stuff up right now. In fact, um, the download for Men in Suits, the DVDs have sold out. As soon as we made that announcement, the last two went out like boom. immediately. <laughs> so that will be up very shortly. Men in Suits uh, as a digital download. We're going to drop the price of the download movies too. So. Um, they'll be a little bit cheaper. They'll probably be seven or eight bucks. Yeah, they'll there. be under ten bucks for sure. Yeah, under ten. And also, we're still working on getting Wayne Fetterman CDs. We actually have them, but he's out of town. We want to get them signed before that we put them up, so you guys can have special signed copies. They'll be up later in the month. Um, yeah. And uh, what else was I going to say? Yeah, you guys. Oh, what the fuck else was I going to say? Oh, 
you went asking, we have already recorded a Martian spoiler app. Yes. Um, with Keith and the girl, and we were just waiting to drop it. So we'll drop that next week. Uh-huh. Um, or maybe we'll drop it over the weekend. Who cares? We'll let it drop. <laughs> um, and then uh, we'll be doing some more spoiler apps and regular episodes. So um, episode 300 will be recorded in front of a live audience at roughly 2.33 in the morning, <laughs> Melbourne time. And we're going to post it right away. Immediately. As soon as yeah. we're done recording it, I'm going to find... You're going to go into the bathroom. I'm going to go and into just... the and just record it. <laughs> Sync it up through my brain. Um, find the Wi-Fi. Find the Wi-Fi. Ah, you guys are great. Thanks for letting us do this. Yeah, it's we, really awesome. We love doing this show. We really wanted to go to Australia, too, and uh, do this show with Steel. So, Eric, you're making it happen. God, Thank you're you. you're an awesome guy. Uh, we got to come to your wherever you live in Iowa and do a show. Yes. In your in your farm or wherever. <laughs> That's all they have in Iowa. That's all they just have in It's Iowa. just corn. That's it's it. It's just corn. <laughs> uh, your silo? Yeah. Do you have a, a corn silo? We can do a show in there for you, Eric. <laughs> Yeah, just put a riser up, a couple chairs. <laughs> uh, tape a flashlight, yeah. and there we go. We got a show. Um, so, all right, guys, thank you so much. This has been um, Spectre Spoiler App. Mm. Um, Hello, James. <laughs> We've been waiting for you, James. Uh, I'm your brother. <laughs> what? No, no. Blofeld's my brother? Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. But all right, it's been a crazy world. Yeah. Um, all right, guys, thanks for listening. Uh, go to comedyfilmers.com, like us, follow us on all the social media. Every little thing like that that you do for free is helpful. Also, you can listen to me. I have a Graham Elwood Pandora channel. So anytime you listen to my two comedy albums and they have other comics on there, I get a little money. Oh, you get a little taste. A little huh? taste. Nice. Pandora pays, kid. And I don't know if we mentioned this too. The uh, podcast is Comedy Film Nerds is on Spotify right now, too. So if you're on Spotify, you could put it in uh, your rotation. Oh, also, we will be re- announcing 2016 Los Angeles Podcast Festival dates very soon. Yes, there, we, we're getting a jump on next year. Yeah, we got a date locked, lined up. We're just finalizing the, the paperwork on it. And when that happens, we will announce it to you guys. Yep. It'll probably be in September. Yeah, most likely. Just a little tip. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, guys. Thank you for listening. My name is Graham Elder. And I'm Chris Mancini. And as always, remember, Han, Han shot, shot first. first. Papers, please. <laughs>